premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Ruciello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. This is Joe Ruscello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas, folks, and welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast and our Sermon Sunday broadcast. I really hope that you're having a truly blessed day in the Lord, and I hope that you went to church this morning and your preacher preached a message on Christmas, the meaning of Christmas, the reason for Christmas, the true reason and true meaning behind Christmas. And I pray that you came out of church with a renewed love for the Word of God and a fresh burden for souls. Folks, Christmas is probably one of the best times of the year. I told you the other day when we had our last, uh, our last broadcast that uh, one of the things that I love the most about Christmas is thinking back over my childhood and enjoying those times with my family, uh, with my dad, with the great food that we all had fellowship around. Uh, it really was uh, a great time, and I loved the peacefulness and the quiet that surrounded Christmas. It really just it just soothes me when I think back over those over those years. And last night, Christmas Eve, yeah, I uh, did the same thing that I always would do with my dad when I was a kid. I went outside just about midnight and just listened. To the silence and appreciated the quiet. Then came back in and I put on some good Christ-centered Christmas music and just enjoyed that quiet time in fellowship with the Lord in prayer and uh, really just been a, a great blessing. And then I sat down and I started to work on what we were going to be discussing today and just to put the final touches on it, it was already prepared and ready to go, but just wanted to put some final touches on it and meditate on it a little bit and, you know, see if the Lord would uh, open up anything else, anything extra, something that may have missed in my initial preparation for it. Uh, and uh, had a really good time in fellowship with the Lord around that. And uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to examine why God chose the shepherds to reveal the birth of the Savior. And it's going to be a very interesting message, I think, anyway. Uh, it was a blessing for me to, to study for it and to prepare it and to put it together. And I, I actually learned a couple of things myself in, in, in study and preparation for it. So hopefully uh, you'll be able to get something out of it as well. But before we get to the message for today, I'm going to ask you to do two quick things. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, 
That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get there, head over to our contact section, open up that little web form, and why don't you send us off a message? Uh, Let me know whatever is on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, don't forget to send me your prayer requests. I look forward to getting your prayer requests. I look forward to taking those prayer requests and going into my private time with the Lord and being able to pray for you on some of those things that you uh, that you send our way. And uh, it's a real blessing for me to do that. And then also to have our uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast family pray over these, uh, these things for you as well. So uh, don't forget to send us those uh, prayer requests. Now, if you don't like using the web form, that's okay. You can always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, folks, also, while you're on the website, would you please look for the support this podcast button? And when you find it, would you please consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. But if you can't do a monthly recurring contribution, would you at least consider making a one-time contribution? Uh, you can do that by clicking on the Waygiver button, which is also on our website. So why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, if the live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very, very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, folks, as always, I'd like to say thank you first and foremost to the Lord Jesus Christ for giving me the opportunity to serve Him, and in this capacity, and allowing me to do this. This is such a tremendous blessing for me, and I hope so for you, too. Uh, to open up the Word of God with you and to to spend this time in fellowship with you uh, as we study the deep and wonderful things that this incredible book contains. And uh, I also want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for saving me, because I was on the path straight to hell 23 years ago, and the Lord reached down from heaven, He shook my soul, He crushed my heart, and really got my attention when I heard that, that, uh, that message on the radio, that radio preacher talking about hell and who's going there, and uh, it literally scared the hell out of me. And that led me to want to get saved as quickly as I possibly could. Now, I know a lot of people say, you know, fear shouldn't be the motivation for salvation. Well, you know what? I can't think of anything better than that. I was scared to death. I was scared about going to hell and that led me to the, to the cross and to the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, fear is a great motivator, and in many, many things, especially in your need for salvation. So uh, again, thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for saving me and for allowing me this ministry opportunity and uh, opening up and studying the Word of God with you, and I appreciate that. Uh, I also want to say thank you to uh, all of you who support us prayerfully, your prayers, I covet them. I look forward to getting them. Um, they really are an encouragement to me uh, as, as we work on these uh, lessons and we try to do the best we can to bring them to you on a regular basis. Uh, so your prayers of encouragement and support are tremendous, and thank you so very, very much for them. I also want to say thank you to uh, everybody who supports us financially already 
Thank you so much for your support. It's because of your financial support that we've been able to expand our our uh, our outreach and uh, and and the platforms that we're on. And so it's a real it's been a real blessing uh, for us here. Thank you so very very much. And we are very very close to getting to the goal that we have set of being able to get those cases of Bibles so that we can have those as giveaways. So thank you so much, folks, for your financial support. Thank you for your prayerful support. And also, just thank you to everyone, whether you pray or financially support us or just listen. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, I, I get such encouragement when I check on our, on our statistics and I see the play counts uh, rising as quickly as they have been and as high as they have been. Uh, the last several episodes that we've done have been incredible amounts of plays and downloads. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so very, very much uh, for all of that. And thank you for sharing the, the show with your friends, your family, your followers on social media. Uh, you really, you guys really are doing a fantastic job with that. Thank you so very, very, very much. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible teaching church, would you please consider visiting us at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, just visit the church's Facebook page. All you need to do is log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and then once you get over there, you're going to find lots of really helpful information and also episodes of this podcast. And I also want to take a moment to say thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church and also to our pastor, John Monk, uh, for allowing us the opportunity to, uh, to post the shows on the church's Facebook page. Like you know, I don't have a Facebook page, so uh, posting it to the church's page has been a real, real help in, in spreading our gospel message out there. So thank you again to the folks at First Baptist Church, and thank you to our pastor, John Monk. I really do appreciate it. But folks, wherever you're listening to the show, be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And also, folks, on any of the platforms that allow you to give us a star rating, I would really appreciate a five-star rating. So hit that button if you feel like we deserve it, and I would be very thankful uh, for that review. Now, folks... Um, Coming up Thursday night, we're going to have our usual Thursday night Bible study at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, we've been going through uh, 2 Timothy uh, the last uh, several uh, Thursday nights, and we're still going to continue on with uh, 2 Timothy. We took a break this past Thursday. We brought a message about Santa Claus and uh, in light of uh, Christmas coming up. And then uh, what we're going to do also, the study that I have for us today um, is going to be a quite long one. And uh, so instead of going through the whole thing uh, today, we're, we're going to continue the message on Thursday evening. Uh, we'll be discussing again out of second, I'm sorry, uh, Luke chapter 2. And then we'll continue on with Second Timothy the following Thursday after that, and then right after that, we're going to be moving into the book of Revelation, which uh, I am really excited to get into. 
little uh, little anxious about it too. Like I, I've never taught the Book of Revelation, so this is going to be a first for me. Um, I've sat under some really good teaching and some really good preaching out of the Book of Revelation, but I've never taught it. So uh, this should be uh, an interesting challenge for me, and uh, hopefully a blessing for you. Now, folks, if you're a prepper or if you're interested in prepping. Uh, why don't you pay a visit to the Contra Radio Network? You can find them at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. The Contra Radio Network is a podcast and a vidcast that's focused on the issues and concerns of discerning preppers and patriots. And I'm going to tell you, it's a really good platform. Uh, I check out their programming at least once or twice a day. Uh, they have some really good information on prepping. Uh, they also have some really good political podcasts on there as well. And uh, it's really, it's very good material. And I appreciate that they invited us to, to uh, ho- have our shows hosted on their uh, network. So uh, you can also hear the Sword of the Spirit podcast on the Contra Radio Network as well. So I want to say thanks, of course, to, to them, uh, uh, to John, for uh, inviting us and uh, for all the folks that have been listening uh, to our show through the Contra Radio Network. Thank you so very, very much. God bless you, and, uh, and let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. All right, folks, don't forget to sign up for the uh, programming announcements in the uh, subscription box that's on our website, com. All the programming announcements are basically uh, is uh, you're going to get on a mailing list, and anytime we have any kind of change in our programming, we're going to send out an email through that list to let you know of the upcoming changes. Uh, it's important if you want to stay in the know for it to get on that um, on, to get on that mailing list. Now, we're not going to sell your information to anybody. It's going to stay here with me. Uh, we're not going to spam you. We're not going to send you a bunch of stuff that you don't want or ask for. Uh, it's strictly going to be for programming announcements. So if you haven't done so already, why don't you get on that mailing list so you can stay in the know. Now, next month, January, we will be starting our Missionary of the Month, and I'm excited for that. I have, uh, I have my first one already set up to go, and I'm very excited to talk about this man and his, minist- his ministry uh, in the uh, mission field that the Lord has placed him in. So uh, look forward to doing that. It'll probably be on the second Sunday of every month, starting in January. And Lord willing, uh, if, if we're able to raise some more support, we'll be diverting a portion of that support that we receive to an active minist- missionary uh, that we've chosen for that month. Uh, and that's important, too, because your contributions going to that active, minist- that active missionary, uh, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ— all the work that that missionary has done through your contributions will be credited to your account. Now, how awesome of a deal is that? You're making an investment in the future, in your future. So definitely something you might want to consider if you're still on the fence about sending us uh, any kind of support. Um, that could be something that you might be interested in looking into. So, uh, so, so again, January, Missionary of the Month, second Sunday of the month. Now, also on our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, we also have our sword swag section. Uh, when you get over there, you'll find our wonderful Sword of the Spirit Podcast ceramic coffee mugs, of which I am holding here in my hand. 
And uh, you'll also find our Sword of the Spirit podcast t-shirts, which I am wearing right now. The uh, coffee mug is for a $25 contribution. The t-shirts you can get for a $35 contribution. All you need to do is go to the Sword Swag tab on our website, and uh, there's an email link there. Just email me your mailing information. I will send you back the link that you could use to make your contribution. And then once we get that, then we'll send out your mug and or T-shirt. So check it out, Sword Swag on swordofthespiritpodcast.com. All right, folks. So we are already, believe it or not, to the point of our first break for the uh, for the afternoon. I know we're flying through. Um, we have a very detailed study to get into in a little bit here, so I want to try to fly through the opening as much as we possibly can. When we come back from this break, we'll be getting into our prayer requests, and then uh, we'll get into the message. So stick with us. We'll be right back after this. Don't forget to, to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and I want to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas for those of you who are just joining us. Uh, we've already gone through our announcements and some of the opening comments, and now we're moving over into our prayer request section. Now, uh, through our prayer requests, uh, normally on a Sunday we go through it pretty exhaustively, but uh, I think today we're going to try to move through it a little bit faster than usual because the uh, the message that we have for you today is going to be quite detailed, so we want to make sure that uh, we can get all of that information in. Uh, even though I know we're, we're kind of splitting it already, I don't want to have to split it uh, too far down the way. All right, so let's see. Uh, first and foremost, we always pray for uh, those that are in need of salvation. Now, salvation is the single most important decision you're going to make in your entire life because it has eternal consequences. If, uh, if, if you reject the gospel, you reject the gift that God has given you, which is what Christmas is all about. Christmas, we're celebrating a gift that was given to the world in the Lord Jesus Christ, because it's only through Jesus Christ that man can be saved. So you can't get a better gift than that. Would you agree with that? I would hope so. I would hope so. Because the alternative, the alternative is spending an eternity in a burning, flaming hell. Heaven or hell. That's it. That's the only options there are. There's no purgatory. There's nothing in between. It's heaven or hell. So the need for salvation is extremely important, and so we want to pray uh, for those that are in need of salvation. Now, if you have anybody that you're working on, anybody that you're sharing the gospel with, anybody that you're uh, trying to, uh, to witness to that you want to add to our prayer list for salvation, please send it over to us, and we'll get it on the list as soon as possible. Uh, but today, we're going to be praying for Diane, my mother, my sister Laura, uh, Carmela, Gabriella, David, and Furman for salvation. And uh, it's important folks. It really is important. I can't stress it or emphasize it enough. Salvation is the most important decision you're going to make. The Bible says that there is no name under heaven whereby man must be saved, and that is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. None other name. It's not Buddha. It's not Muhammad. It's not, um, it's not any other deity you know, if you can use that word in quotes, deity that you can think of. No one will get to heaven without accepting the gift of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, it's so important. It really is. I cannot emphasize it enough. So we're going to pray again for my mom, Diane, my sister, Laura, uh, Carmela, Gabriella, David, and Fairman. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the gift of salvation. We want to thank you for the Christmas story, the Christmas message, and the ultimate gift that you gave us in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, today we just lift up my mom, Diane, my sister, Laura, Carmela, Gabriella, David, and Fairman for salvation. Father, they are in need of salvation. They are trusting in their own works to get them into heaven. Uh, in the case of, uh, of 
of uh, Carmela and Gabriella. They're, they're just small children, Lord. But there's no better time to get saved. No better time. Because the Christian life, Lord, we know is a good life to live. It's a, it, it's, it's a blessed life to live. And the earlier you get saved, the less difficulties and problems you have as you grow. Because you're already grounded in truth. So, Father, we pray for them to get saved as quickly as possible, Lord. Uh, we pray for my mom. We pray for my sister. And David has rejected the gospel so many times. Lord, I just pray that you soften his heart to it. And, Lord, that you draw him in and you'd save him. And, Lord, for Fairman, uh, Lord, uh, we understand that at some time he made a profession of faith, but we don't know if that was done in sincerity or just to kind of... Um, you know, blow off the person who gave him the gospel. It has happened, Lord. We know it happens. So, Father, we just pray for Fairman as well, Lord. We pray that you would just grab hold of his heart, that you would drag him in, Lord God. We pray for David, Lord, that you would drag him in. Lord, we pray for for Gabriella. Oh, we pray for Carmela, Lord. We pray for them, Father God, that, that they would hear the gospel message, Lord, that they would get saved at, at a very young age. Lord, we pray for Laura. We lift her up to you today, Lord. We ask you to save her too. Lord, you know, she's a, she's a good person, and earthly speaking, Lord, she's a good person. She works hard, takes care of her family, takes care of our mom. But, Lord, she does need to get saved. That, that good stuff isn't going to get her into heaven. And, of course, Lord, we want to pray for my mom, Diane. And, uh, Lord, we just lift her up to you. She knows the gospel. She's heard the gospel. I've talked to her about it many, many times. But, Lord, we pray that you would just soften her heart to it now. And, Lord, we pray that you would just make it just something that she knows that she needs to settle right now. So, Father God, we thank you for it, and we'll bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, on our sick list, um, we are praying uh, for Pastor Martin. Uh, Pastor Martin uh, is 89 years old. He has a heart and a love for the Lord, served in gospel ministry for, for over 50 years still street preaches at his, at his advanced age. Uh, however, he does have some, some concerns that we, we pray about for him on a weekly basis, uh, daily basis for me personally, but as a, as a Sword of the Spirit podcast family, we pray for him on a weekly basis. Uh, uh, we're praying for a heart condition that he has right now that they're trying to determine whether or not he's going to have to have surgery for. Uh, we pray for his, um, uh, his blood pressure problem, his eczema problems, and his medication problems, and also his eyesight, his vision problems. Uh, at 89, with poor eyesight, with a magnifying glass, Pastor Martin reads 10 chapters out of his Bible every single day. And that should be a shame on all of us. Shame to all of us. Uh, we're also praying for Emilia Grimaldo, who is recovering from a lung infection. We're praying for Mary Perez, uh, also, uh, who uh, has cancer, I believe. I don't have it written in my notes here. I apologize for that. Uh, we're praying for Rebecca as she's uh, recovering from uh, the delivery of her baby girl. Uh, we're praying for Diane, my mom, for her health concerns, uh, COPD. She's tethered to a oxygen tank. Um, she has a number of other issues uh, as well that we're going to pray about. Uh, praying for Laura for her slipped disc in her back, and she's due for an MRI uh, coming up on the 30th. Uh, we're praying for Bernice, who is a, a sister in our church, and 
She has been fighting cancer for quite some time, so we're praying for uh, good results from this recent round of scans. And we're also praying for uh, uh, the chemotherapy treatments that she's going for as well. Uh, we're also praying for Alan, uh, who is uh, dealing with prostate cancer, and he has surgery scheduled in January. Uh, we're praying for Janae, who also has a heart condition that we've been praying for for some time now. Uh, we're praying also for Fairman, who's in the hospital with cancer and uh, trying to heal from a fractured L2 vertebrae due to a tumor uh, in that area. So we're praying for him as well. Uh, we're praying for Francis, who is, uh, who's not feeling well. She's under the weather. And for George Jr., we're praying for him as well. Uh, hasn't been feeling well either. So, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you are the great physician. And, Lord, we thank you that you do hear and answer our prayers, whether it's yes, no, or not now. Lord, you do answer our prayers, and we pray, Lord, that you would answer these prayers for these folks that are on our sick list right now, Lord. We pray that you would touch each and every one of them. Lord, that you would bring healing. Father God, that you would bring comfort. Father, that you would also uh, just, just, just... touch each and every one of them, that especially the ones that are going to be having surgery upcoming. Lord, we pray that you would guide the hands of the surgeons as they perform the uh, delicate surgeries that have to be done. Lord, we pray for the MRI for Laura. Uh, Father, we pray for Bernice and, and, and for her scans that will be coming up shortly and uh, for the uh, chemotherapy treatments that she's still undergoing. Lord, we pray for them. We pray for Furman, who's in the hospital with cancer and Lord, we go up and down our list here, Lord, and there's so many people that are, that are sick, and Lord, we just pray that you would just touch each and every one of them. And Father God, we want to thank you so much for all that you do for, the, for us and for them, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, moving down into our general prayer list. Uh, we're, gonna, we're still pray, praying for uh, Jude, my brother-in-law, for his contracting business up in New, up in New York City trying to get him to come down here to Texas to do some work, but uh, maybe we'll pray about that too, all right? Uh, We're also praying for Robert, uh, who is a uh, a National Guardsman serving along the border here in Eagle Pass. Uh, We're praying for him, for his protection, for his safety. We're praying for the ability for him to be able to get home to spend time with his family. Uh, We're also praying for the the men that he works with that uh, he's been witnessing to, that they might be saved. And uh, we're also praying for um, all of the uh, Border Patrol agents, National Guard, and law enforcement officers that are working along the border and here in town uh, trying to keep us safe. We're also praying for Angel, for her pregnancy. We're praying for Isabella, for her walk with the Lord. We're praying for Jessica, with her walk with the Lord. We're praying for Alex Herrera, for, uh, for his job and financial situation. And we're also praying for our, all of our local elected and state and federally elected officials uh, that, uh, that the Lord may raise up some people around them to kind of give them wisdom out of the Word of God as they make the decisions that affect each and every one of us every day. So, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, again, for answered prayer. We want to thank you for all of these on our prayer list today. Lord, we... Uh, particularly want to pray for Angel and her pregnancy and Robert working on the border uh, and for his witnessing opportunities and for his safety and protection. We're praying for Jude, Lord, for his contracting business up in New York. And Lord, if it's your will, in all seriousness, if it's your will for him to come down this way and do some work down here, uh, we would be thankful for that. Uh, We're also praying for uh, Isabella for her walk and Jessica for her walk. 
and also for Alex uh, for his job situation and his financial situation and caring for his dad while he's in the hospital, uh, his dad, Fairman. So, Father, we just thank you so much that you hear our prayer, and we ask you, God, please answer these prayers according to your perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen. And then uh, we also have all of the unspoken prayers of our hearts, uh, those prayers that we uh, may not necessarily be able to utter words for, or uh, the details of it are extremely personal, and uh, only the Lord needs to know exactly what they are, but they do ask for prayer for it. So we're going to be praying for Eduardo Rodriguez for his unspoken prayer request, Mike Elizalde for his unspoken prayer request, and uh, I have a couple of unspoken prayer requests myself that we're going to be including in this prayer. So Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for hearing our unspoken prayers. Lord, you know exactly what they are. You know exactly what the need is. And Lord, we trust you, and we're confident, Father God, that in your perfect will, you'll answer those prayers. And again, whether it's yes, no, or not now, Lord, you also please give us the grace to understand the response. Give us uh, a humble heart to accept whatever the answer is that you give us. And Father God, we just ask that you would receive all of the honor, all of the glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. Now folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, please don't forget to email them to us. You can do that by going to the contact section on our website, com, or you can always email them to me directly at info at com. That would be info at com. All right, so we uh, don't have any user... Uh, I'm sorry, any listener questions for today. Uh, No birthdays to make mention of. Um, I will let you know that our chat group is open, so if you have a Spreaker account and you're logged into Spreaker, you can jump on into the chat group. We have, let's see, we have Roberts here. Haven't seen Robert in the chat group in a while, so it's great to see him uh, up in the group here. Uh, Jason's in, Kurt's here, I'm there. Uh, so if there's anybody else that's listening in, that's logged into Spreaker, and you want to jump into the chat group, say hi. Come on in. Uh, it'd be good to have you here. All right. Uh, we are going to take our second break. It's going to be a short one. And that should give you a chance to get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee or a bottle of water. And when we get back, we're going to be getting into today's message on the revelation of the shepherds. So we'll be right back after this. See you in a few.
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. All right, and welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. Uh, we're going to get into our message here in just a minute, so I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn over to the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2. Uh, before we get into the message, though, uh, on the break, uh, my sister had texted me about an incident that took place um, while she was trying to get uh, our mom out of the house uh, to her house for uh, Christmas dinner. Uh, so we're just going to take a second here and just pray for that situation. Our Heavenly Father, Father, we just want to lift up my mom and my sister to you right now and uh, that situation that took place and trying to move her out of the house to get to uh, to uh, Laura's house for dinner. Father God, we just pray that um, that uh, you would just give my, my sister and my mom uh, some grace as they... Uh, try to deal with the with the problem, and uh, also for my sister, particularly, Lord, um, just to uh, just to bring some comfort there to her in, in this matter. So, Father God, we just want to thank you again for answered prayer, and we, uh, we love you today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, Luke chapter 2. Now, if you're familiar with the, uh, with the Christmas story, you, you know that um, the Christmas story is really written out for us in just Matthew and in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Matthew presents one prism of the Christmas story, and Luke presents an entirely different one. So let's read Luke's presentation, or, or at least some of it anyway, uh, in Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. That kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? And this taxing was first made when Cyrenaeus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. 
And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and was told unto them. Our precious Father, we beseech you today by your grace and your mercy to extend to us some insight and revelation from this book. God, this isn't just any book. It's a divine book, an inspired book, a preserved book by your Holy Spirit. We're trusting you today to give us some food for thought, something to chew on. And our Father, if there is one listening today without the Savior, may this day be the glorious day of salvation and conversion for that person. And we'll thank you for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Now, as I read through the text, it raised several questions that I thought perhaps deserve some answers. The first question that came to mind was, why did God choose the shepherds? Why was it shepherds that got this revelation? Why shepherds? You know, there were several segments of Jewish society that had no particular interest in this type of information. As a matter of fact, Matthew tells us in chapter 2 of Matthew that all of Jerusalem was troubled when the wise men came and revealed that they were looking for the king of the Jews. Herod was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Every society has um, a variety of layers and segments. But when God says all, he means all. They were all troubled. And no one of that entire group made any effort to seek the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the scribes, the theologians, the religious folks, you know, they understood that he was to be born in Bethlehem because you know, they were familiar with the prophecy of Micah chapter 5 and, and verse 2, and, and they told Herod so. You know, Bethlehem is only five miles from Jerusalem, so it wouldn't have been a very long or very tedious walk to get there. So why did God choose the shepherds? Well, first of all, the shepherds weren't in Jerusalem. 
See, it says all Jerusalem was troubled. The shepherds were out on the hillsides tending their sheep in their chosen pastures. Why shepherds? Well, first of all, shepherds are in the sheep business. Aren't they? Well, that's God's business. God's in the sheep business. So I think the Lord said, you know, I'll reveal this incredible information to someone that has a common interest. I'll go to the shepherds. I'll give this incredible revelation to them because they're in the sheep business. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is called the good shepherd in John chapter 10. He's called the great shepherd in Hebrews chapter 13. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, he's called the chief shepherd. He's in the sheep business. It was the shepherd's job to feed the sheep. It's the sheep's job to eat. Now, now a pastor isn't a shepherd in a sense. He's actually an under-shepherd. So in other words, the pastor has a boss. Okay, uh, The pastor's boss is the chief shepherd, the great shepherd, the good shepherd. That's his boss. So, uh, so he gives the pastor direction, and it's the pastor's job to feed the sheep. Let's take a look over at John chapter 21. Okay, John chapter 21. Uh, the Gospel of John is the next book over, in case you lost. Uh, you're in Luke. Now just go over to John chapter 21. Now, my job is to feed you, okay? Your job is to eat, all right? You know, you're all familiar with that saying, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him what? You can't make him drink, right? Uh, John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Now, this is post-resurrection, Okay. The Lord engages Peter in a conversation. Let's pick it up in verse 15. John chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. So Peter is assigned the responsibility of feeding lambs and feeding sheep, right? That's two different categories. Do you know what a lamb is in spiritual language? Well, a lamb is a new believer. That's a new convert. So he has the responsibility to feed the new as well as the established. And sometimes that's a challenge, but nonetheless, it's a responsibility. Verse 17, He saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Now Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Now, it's been pointed out by a variety of commentators that Jesus asked Peter this question three times because Peter denied Jesus three times. And honestly, that might, may very well be the case. Whether you can draw an absolute correlation, I don't really know. But the point that we're trying to make here today is that Jesus said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. 
Now it is the responsibility of the shepherd to feed the sheep. The Lord is in the sheep business. Remember, he said this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. Now, there are some things that can be pulled out of that passage that you wouldn't necessarily consider rather flattering. But the bigger picture is, is that sheep, quite honestly, sheep are stupid. Sheep aren't very smart. Now, guess what? The Lord compares you and I to sheep. Do you know what dumb animals need? A dumb animal needs a shepherd. You know, doesn't the Bible say, and it's a very famous passage of Scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me into green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Do you know what you and I desperately need? We need direction and compass headings from the good shepherd. That's what we need. They reveal this incredible message to shepherds. It's the responsibility of the shepherd to create an atmosphere to encourage the sheep to eat. It's the sheep's job to eat. Now, the average man on the street in Jerusalem had, you know, some working knowledge of at least limited prophecy. You know, they did have at least a vague familiarity with the expectations of a Messiah. They weren't totally oblivious to that. But the people who feed the sheep in the night are more likely to get something special. Now let's back up and look at Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. Why did God reveal this amazing message to the shepherds? Mark chapter 13. They're working outside on the midnight shift in the darkness of night. And Jesus said this in Mark chapter 13 and verse 35. Watch ye, therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch, 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 watch. Now our text tells us that the shepherds were watching the sheep, so they were on watch, they were on guard. Now, the Lord kind of ratifies that whole concept by telling you and I, spiritually speaking, to be on watch. You know, that's kind of why I'm a news junkie. You know, I don't, I don't watch it because I find it entertaining. I mean, sometimes it's, it's flat-out depressing. But I watch the news. I listen to the news because the news is just full of indicators that the Lord is true to His Word and that He is absolutely right on schedule. You know, when you examine not only national events, but more importantly, international events, then you see the movement of nations and the directions they're all going in and all the alliances that are being forged. All of it, all of this is simply reinforcement of God's holy word. Now, folks, I don't know what what it does to you. I really don't, but it kind of sends a chill (laughs) up my back. You know, I mean, uh, I get excited about that book. I get excited about that book. I really do. I mean, I mean, they were watching. They were watching. The Bible also indicates that the shepherds were fearful when this angelic host suddenly appeared to them, and this great heavenly light shone round about them. Well, why were they fearful? Was it because of new taxes? Was it because they were working the midnight shift? No. No. The glory of the Lord is a very revealing thing. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. 
You know, take your Bible and go back to the book of Isaiah in your Old Testament. And let's examine a thorough example of the glory of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. It's a wonderful book, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. Now, Isaiah had a vision. He had a commission. And uh, here's Isaiah's confrontation with the glory of the Lord. Verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. Now, isn't that something? Isn't that something? Think about it. God is so holy that even the seraphim couldn't stand to look upon God's glory. It took four of the six wings that they had to cover themselves. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Now look at that. Three times holy. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The whole earth is full of his glory. And that's coming. That's coming. And the posts of the doors moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Now, that, that's what you would call good secondhand smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? When Isaiah was confronted with the incredible scene of the Lord sitting upon his heavenly throne, all he could do was fall upon his face and say, I am a man of unclean lips. Now, this was the result of the glory of the Lord. Do you know what light does? Light shows flaws, doesn't it? And if you really want to look for tiny flaws, you get very good light. Now, the purpose of the glory of the Lord shining down upon the shepherds on this particular occasion wasn't to demonstrate their flaws, although I'm, I'm certain they had plenty of them. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the purpose of this light was to show the solution for the flaws. And the solution lie in a person. It lie in a babe in a manger. That's where the solution was. So the light came to demonstrate that a solution was on its way. That was the message of the day. Then there's another reason why I think that the Lord revealed himself to shepherds. Now, shepherds in that day... They, they were considered to be on the low end of the social structure. Back in the Old Testament, it says that shepherds were an abomination unto the Egyptians. Did you remember when Joseph was elevated to the position of prime minister of Egypt after going through some trials? His family was way up in Canaan when a great drought came into the, into the land, and Jacob said to his sons, he goes, you ought to go down there and see if you can get us some food from Egypt. They had a close encounter with their brother, that they sold into slavery, Joseph. They didn't recognize him at first, and he didn't reveal himself to them right away either. Finally, when he, when he did, he said, I want to introduce you to Pharaoh. And then he said, don't tell them you're shepherds. Don't tell them you're shepherds. Tell them you're from Dallas. Tell them you're cowboys. Well, that's kind of a modern interpretation of it, but that's what he said. That's what he said. He said, actually, was, you tell them that you're keepers of cattle. Well, what's a keeper of cattle? 
In our language, that's a cowboy, right? But why did he do that? Why did he do that? He did that because shepherds were on the lowest strata of society. And some of that whole image continued to persist right up on through the days of Jesus. And that reminds me of this. You know, the Bible tells us that God doesn't normally work with the high and the mighty and the noble and the educated. You know, God has a very different approach to things. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. You know, every once in a while, God will take someone from the upper echelons of society like he did with the Apostle Paul and convert them and really use them. But the exception really only proves the rule. The rule is quite to the contrary, and here it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. For ye, see your, you, for ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which, were, which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Now, the Lord's method of operation is to use the unexpected, the unanticipated. Now, maybe you're sitting here listening to this today, and you're thinking that you don't know what you can be in the service of the Lord because, you know, I, I just don't have any talent. Well, you know something? If that's what you're thinking, I've got really good news for you. You're the perfect candidate. You're the one that God's been looking for. Isn't that what those verses just told us? He chose the base things of the world to confound the wise. And that's the way God gets the glory and you don't. That's the way the whole thing works out in God's economy. So why did God reveal himself to the shepherds? Well, there's something else we need to look at. Let's go back to our text in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter, no, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 1. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. Well, you were close, right? <laughs> Luke chapter 1. All right, Luke chapter 1 now in verse 67. Verse 67, we encounter a man named Zacharias, who was the father of John the Baptist. Okay, verse 67, Luke chapter 1. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Now skip down to verse 76. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, and to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. So the next question I, I thought of, uh, was why the word Savior? Why the word Savior? So question one was, why did God choose the shepherds? Question two is, why the word Savior? And the only reason why I could think of why God would use the word Savior, and he uses it many times throughout the Bible, even all the way back in the Old Testament, the only reason why I could think of for that why God would use the word Savior is very simple. It's because we need one. We need one. You know, there was a Hindu cleric uh, in India several years ago, and he was speaking with a Christian missionary, and they were engaged in a conversation, and they were comparing their theologies. And as the conversation started to come to an end, the, 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 the Hindu cleric said this. He says, well, 
missionary, I'll give you this. The thing that you have that we don't have is a savior. Folks, there's no savior in Hinduism. There's no savior in Buddhism. There's no savior in Islam. You are unique in Bible-believing Christianity in that God has provided you. And of course, he's more than happy to provide all those other folks as well with a savior. The savior is the same. The savior is Jesus Christ, the Lord. The savior is not Muhammad. He's not Buddha. The savior is Jesus Christ, the Lord. Now, as sinners, we need a savior, one who has the capacity and the ability to somehow forge a way in which our sins can be forgiven so that when we're confronted by a righteous and a holy God, that we're in a position to say, yes, Lord, I'm a sinner, but because of the Savior and by receiving him, I am now a saved sinner. I am a redeemed sinner. I'm a forgiven sinner. I'm a blood-bought, born-again, saved sinner. That's why we need a Savior. Now, our text says this in Luke chapter 2 and verse 12. The message was given to the shepherds. Okay, verse 12 says, And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, what's that all about? Now, you know, the Jews seek after a sign. So God accommodates that. He says, okay, Jewish shepherds, here's your sign. You're going to go down, and you're going to find this little hovel of a barn, and you're going to see a babe in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. That'll be your sign. Well, that's not much of a sign, right? I mean, after the lights and the glory of the Lord shining round about them, and then the final sign is just a little baby. And what are swaddling clothes? What are swaddling clothes all about? Well, let's find out. Let's go to to the book of Ezekiel and chapter 16. Ezekiel chapter 16, and let's learn what swaddling clothes are. Got to do scripture with scripture, folks. Scripture with scripture. Now in Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse 4, Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse 4, the Lord is kind of using this in a broader, more comprehensive analogy here uh, when he's talking to the Jewish people in the city of Jerusalem. This is a broad sweep of the brush, but the principle is still the same. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse 4. And as for thy nativity, in the day thou wast born, thy navel was not cut, neither wast thou washed in water to supple thee. Thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. Hmm. A custom of that day, from what I understand, and it is still a practice that goes on today in some of those Bedouin tribes in the region, was to take a baby after he's born. Of course, they, they tie the umbilical cord, they wash the baby down, and then they rub him gently with salt. You know, salt is a wonderful infection fighter. Did you ever get a sinus infection? You know that spray that you buy for your nose? Do you know what that is? It's, it's saline solution. You know what saline solution is? Salt water. It's salt water, and it works pretty good, doesn't it? So they would take that baby and they would rub that baby gently with salt and then they would wrap it in what was called swaddling clothes. Now, frequently, swaddling clothes were just like broad pieces of cloth and uh, oftentimes they would use the same type of cloth to wrap a corpse and put it in the grave. 
And of course, uh, even even as we noted in some of the gifts that the wise men brought Jesus, uh, you know, indicated that they understood that the final destiny of this unusual baby was to die for the sins of mankind. So he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. But there's a larger picture that needs to be pursued just a little bit more. Now, Ezekiel says, this didn't happen to you. In other words, this is analogous. Uh, He said, you were just flung out there into an air of absolute desperation. No one took care of you in your birth because of your rejection of God's word. So in other words, what this swaddling clothes thing is all about here is there is care and love and compassion that's being provided. Now let's extend that just a little bit further. Let's Let's extrapolate a little bit. And I believe that we have the liberty to do that. Once you enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, God calls that a birth. He calls it being born again. Do you know what the Lord wants to do? He wants to take care of you. He wants to swaddle you. He wants to protect you from insidious spiritual infection. And he has the ability to do that. He wants to swaddle you. And this is a sign to you. Now, uh, let's, take, let's take our break here, because then when we come back from this break, we'll have two more things to go before we conclude. So, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is our Christmas Day service, and uh, we're going to ask you not to forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, your family, and your followers. If you're not in our chat group on Spreaker, why don't you jump on in there and uh, say hello? And uh, we'll be right back after this very quick break. Stay with us.
Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and we are studying the revelation of the shepherds. And we are going back to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We have a couple, we have just two more things I want to bring out uh, before we uh, wrap this up for today. Luke chapter 2. Now, there was something else that I had to think about when I read through this text, and then these questions started popping up. You know, why the sign of the swaddling clothes? Why the word Savior? Why was it that the shepherds got the information? And we tried to answer those, at least in brief. But uh, in verse 14, in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, here's what the angel said. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Fourteen words, double perfection. That's all they had to say, fourteen words. Glory to God in the highest, 
Did you ever notice that? In your Bible, angels never brag about themselves. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, think about it. Uh, an angel will be a horrible guest on a late-night talk show, don't you think? Do you imagine him being on one of these late-night talk shows? Now, you know, it was, it was Gabriel uh, who delivered the message previous to this to Mary, right? It was Gabriel who delivered the message to the parents of John the Baptist. Now, just in your mind's eye for, for a minute, um, think with me how it would be if, if uh, the angel Gabriel was on a, a late-night talk show. You know, I, I'm not really up on who the big late-night talk show guys are these days, but, uh, but just in your mind, just picture him sitting there with uh, one of those guys, and, uh, and then you, the, the line of questioning would be like, well, Mr. Gabriel, how long have you been in the angel business? Well, uh, as you're probably familiar with, uh, you know, Job chapter 38 says that we were singing when God laid the cornerstone for the foundation of the universe. Oh, oh yeah? I must have missed that one. Well, Mr. Gabriel, uh, what exactly do angels do? What's, uh, what type of job assignments do you do? Well, you know, different angels do different things. You know, for example, I deliver messages. That's my assignment. I deliver messages, just like I delivered the message to the parents of John the Baptist and to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Um, on the other hand, Michael protects Israel. That's his primary function. Of course, I'm sure you've studied the Bible, right? I'm sure you're familiar with that. I'm sure you have a real concern and heartbeat for Israel, don't you? Because God does, and it's Michael's primary job to take care of them. But then other angels just kill people. You know the story about the angel that killed 185,000 Assyrians in one night back in the Old Testament, don't you? And then Jesus told you over in Matthew chapter 18 that some angels serve as representatives for children in heaven. But one thing we all do as angels is we worship God. We worship God. Do you know that you have an opportunity to work on a higher level than the angels? Do you know that, folks? Look with me over in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. Hebrews, chapter 1. Now, in Hebrews, chapter 1, we enter into a discussion of Jesus Christ. Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So do you know who made the worlds? Jesus Christ did. He made them. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express, images, and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of, his, of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day, I ha this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. So did God ever say to any angel, Thou art my, begot my begotten son? No, no, he didn't. He didn't. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. Let all the angels of God worship him. So it's the primary assignment and responsibility and pleasure of all angels to worship God. 
Now, if you're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, that is Jesus Christ, and Ephesians says you are if you're saved, you are higher than the angels. That's why Paul told the Corinthians, Know ye not that we shall judge angels? You. That's right, you. You shall judge angels. Wow, just think about that. With that information, if it's the assigned responsibility and great pleasure of angels to worship God, and they must extract incredible pleasure from that, how much more pleasure can you and I gain from worshiping God? Worshiping God. Oh, my. Oh, my. Well, I don't think, and I, don't, I honestly don't think an angel would make a good guest on the average talk show, right? Uh, why did they say what they did? Angels. Again, angels don't know how to brag about each other. They don't know how to brag about the new book that they wrote or the new movie that they made. They only brag on God. That's all. Glory is going up. Peace is coming down. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Now, we need to conclude by thinking about this. Now, this is a very serious question. Very serious. The question is this. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Did God lie to us? Did God lie to us? For the last 2,000 years, we haven't seen a whole lot of peace. It's been wars and rumors of wars. It's been strife and animosity and hatred on every side. It doesn't matter if you have the United Nations or any other outfit in operation. They can't prevent any of it. You know why? Because they have no control over the depravity of the human heart. No control over it whatsoever. So did God lie when he said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men? Is this just a little phrase that we utilize at Christmas time and just happily go on our way thinking, well, you know, I guess it sounds nice. No, no. The idea of the thing is that a lot of people don't separate and cannot separate between the first and second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first time he came, he came to be our Savior. He came to redeem his people from their sins. He came to bear a cross. The next time he comes, he comes to bear a crown. We believe in the second advent as much as we believe in the first advent. We have lots and lots of historical evidence for the first advent of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we have lots and lots of biblical evidence to point to the second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that he's returning. The wise men were obviously students of Scripture. As students of Scripture, they had the thing pinpointed by studying the Old Testament passages down to a span of about two years. Sometime in that two-year window, they knew that the Messiah Prince, the babe of Bethlehem, was going to be born. So consequently, they were watching. They had to study. They had to evaluate and analyze Scripture after Scripture after Scripture to come to that conclusion. You know, Daniel even gave them a timetable. He gave all that to them so that when that star appeared, they were ready to go. They said, we've got to go see this thing, this great wonder. Now, the shepherds may not have been nearly as educated. They may not have been informed. But one thing that they were doing is they were watching. They were watching. Now, you may not be able to point to every passage in the Old Testament that indicates the second advent. 
You may not have mastered the book of Revelation and Daniel and Zechariah and all the prophetic passages of Scripture, but stay on watch. Stay on watch. Now, here's our final question. Here's our final question. If the Lord was going to reveal to someone or a group of people today the time of his next coming, now, I didn't say, I, I didn't say he would. I didn't say that. I said if he would. Would you be one of them? Are you watching? Are you anticipating? Are you waiting? You know, the Bible indicates that there's going to be a special crown for every believer who's anticipating, waiting, and praying for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you be one when the Lord said, hey, time's up. Time's up. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't think of anything that would improve my life and my existence any better than Jesus Christ showing up right now. I can't think of one thing that would be better than the Lord Jesus Christ showing it up. Now, if the Lord said that there was a certain segment of folks that he was just going to give a little extra revelation to about his next advent, I wonder, would you be one of them? Now, the Word of God indicates that the purpose of the first coming of Jesus Christ was to provide us with a Savior. My question to you is, do you know him as a Savior, or do you know him as an historical figure? Is he someone that you've been familiarized with in name only? Or do you know him in a very real and very personal way? Have you ever gone to him and said, Lord Jesus, I'm the sinner, you're the Savior, I need your forgiveness. If you'll do that, he'll provide it. He'll provide it gladly because that was the whole purpose of his coming. Now I'm wondering if there's anyone that's out there today listening to this. I'm wondering, can you say that you have the real bedrock assurance in your life of a Savior. In other words, if I died today, I know I'd go to heaven. Can you say that? I also wonder if there's someone out there today listening that would say, if I died today, I don't know if I'd go to heaven or not. I have no absolute confidence that my sins are forgiven. Now, if you're lacking that, I would consider it a privilege to pray for you. If you find yourself in that situation, that lack of confidence of eternal life and forgiveness, I'd like to pray for you. Would you reach out to me? Send me an email. Info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com Wouldn't you like to be one of those that if the Lord said, I'd like to give you extra special source of revelation and it'll come from a book. It doesn't need to come from anywhere else. It'll come from the book. Wouldn't you like to be in a position to be one of those that gets it? I would. Absolutely I would. I'd climb Mount Everest to get it. Father in heaven, we're here today 
And I'd like to be one of those that are tuned in to every little indicator that you have along the way. I don't want to miss any of it. I want to get them all. Because I can't think of anything that could be better than the trumpet of God, than a voice coming over the banister of heaven saying, come up hither. Lord, we anticipate it. We look forward to it. And we know that one day when you return and establish your kingdom, then peace on earth, goodwill toward men will be the ultimate result. You will be faithful to your promise. You will not desert that covenant, but you will do what you said you will. And we thank you for it. And Lord, if there's anyone listening today that's listening without the Savior, would you weigh in on their heart, on their mind, the necessity of salvation? And I would surely thank you for it. In the name of our Savior, the divine, holy, begotten one of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, we do pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, folks, that'll just about do it for our Sunday sermon broadcast. I want to thank you so much for being here uh, on Christmas Day when you could be there with your family. Thank you so much for that. I really do appreciate it, and I know the Lord's happy about it too. But folks, uh, don't forget, uh, head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and uh, send us over a message on the contact form or email me, info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Also, look for that Support This Podcast button. And if you can, send us a contribution, whether a monthly recurring or a one-time through Waygiver. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. May God bless you. God keep you. And we'll see you on Thursday. Merry Christmas. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.